0: Bismillah ar rahim alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen, was salatu wa salam ala Sayyidina Muhammad, wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu and a warm welcome to Radio Islam International. We find ourselves at the time that this program is live, we'll be in the early part of the 2024, January, by this time, those of us that have children, young ones, they're settled into school and madrasa, and if you're someone working or studying, you may have resumed with your routine as well. Now, many of you had requested that this year we speak to people in our midst, people who are um, contributing to society, they have an active career, a family life, and learning more about the legacies they are living and leaving behind. And so to start the series, we have the inspirational philanthropist, dentist, businesswoman who focuses on upliftment and empowerment, even through her social media. We're talking to her today to find out more on the topic of how do we find purpose with our time? We've spoken extensively on time management, but today we're learning more about philanthropy. We're learning more about fulfillment, and our guest today is Dr. Fahima Ismail. Dr. Fahima, assalamu alaikum. Welcome to Radio Islam.
1: alaikum salam. Thank you so much for having me on your show today. It's a pleasure,
0: Dr. Fahima. So so grateful to be with you. And we are really looking forward to learning from you on the topic of finding purpose it's something that women are talking about whether they are married or single whether they have little ones in school or if they're empty nesters the topic of fulfillment keeps coming up for us as women and i'm wondering if we could start by you know zooming in on your life itself you're a busy person at the time that we're speaking to you to record this interview. You've been traveling for more than 24 hours across continents. Uh, so much of your time goes in through into philanthropy, mashallah. But we're curious to know, what made you journey down this path of philanthropy? Tell us more, please.
1: Okay, so I am a little bit jet-legged, as you just mentioned now. But shukar alhamdulillah. We have so much to be grateful for, and I think every day for all the blessings is bestowed upon us. Um, So my journey actually began as a child. Um, My dad being a doctor in Soweto for the past 44 years always uh, made sure that uh, we interact with the underprivileged communities And uh, as a child, he wouldn't on weekends just take us to do um, things which other kids would normally do. We'd always be going out into the townships, helping him uh, with feeding schemes, also just interacting with other communities and races. And for me, over the years, that's what really stood out and impacted so much on my lifestyle as well. So um, now that I'm actually an adult and have kids as well, I've also started to introduce that into their lives. And there's so much that we as individuals can actually offer to our communities. Uh, We don't realize as women what an important role we actually play uh in our families in society as a whole and uh, i'm just grateful for my parents my mom and dad for instilling these values in me from like i said when i was a child
0: mashallah that is so beautiful you know we have talked to many parents listening in and all the challenges of parenting and many parents feel like oh, you know what's the point will we ever but you know it's just it's just knowing that you know when parents sow those seeds they plant that and they see the results mashallah so yeah as parents keep having So my kid
1: actually when he started in soweto townships uh, he was one of the very few be non-blacks that were actually in the communities at the time and the townships were burning. He never really told us how dangerous it was during those days and there were riots and uh, when he used to enter his uh, uh, township uh, they were burning tires. They wouldn't allow people in but uh, they would recognize him like miles away and allowed him in and at that stage they weren't even Muslims in the township at the time and uh, he started uh, with one Muslim at a time so he their patients used to come to his surgery, he used to shelter them from um, the police shootings that were occurring at the time and uh, slowly he began propagating Islam to them and they just. Took a liking towards him, so the first Muslim that he actually reverted at the time was in his rooms, and uh, that actually grew into uh, the MTN Muslim Association. So it started at his surgery, and slowly uh, it became bigger and bigger. When eventually they had um, a chamatkana in one of the garages of one of the people in the area. And for me the most, uh, actually a dream come true was a few months ago when uh, we built the first masjid in MTN Soweto, which was my dad's dream for so many years. And I'm just so happy that he's 75 years old and he got to witness this dream unfolding.
0: Allahu Akbar! Wow, it just gives goosebumps as as you say this. SubhanAllah! That is amazing, mashallah. I, I don't know anybody who could hear what you've shared and not be motivated to, to journey into this. I, and that perhaps leads me to the next question, Doctor. For those who, who have that, um, you know, they want to have that feeling of fulfillment, of giving back, of doing for
1: others where do you suggest they start? Uh, So the first thing I would suggest is um, don't always think that giving back to the community is only monetarily. So a lot of people feel they don't have the money, they don't have the finances to do certain things but giving back isn't just about money. So what I would think like, for example, my social media platform that I've actually built is to inspire and motivate others to also give back. So many a times people would uh, think, why would you put your charity initiatives or everything on social media? But little do they realize daily, I get hundreds of messages coming in my inbox that thank you so much for actually sharing this because we're looking for places to interact with, to help. We don't know of organizations where we can give a helping hand and uh, just even a smile just going out with somebody to these underprivileged areas and people that need the help uh, that is so meaningful and it gives so much of purpose to your life so that's my whole initiative and the reason why i actually post everything out on social media because it actually motivates our youth and not only our youth, even our elders in the community who want to do something, even at a later stage in life where they felt they might have uh, uh, lost out in the earlier years, and it's never too late to give back. And for me, that's really fulfilling.
0: Subhanallah. And doctor, how can our listeners be in touch or benefit from your social media posts? Can you share with us the
1: the account they can follow, please? So my Instagram is Dr. Fayma Ismail TR and Fayma Ismail, the whole name, on Instagram and TikTok and um, also uh, i have a whatsapp group uh, which is a ladies only whatsapp group and uh, usually when i do go to these underprivileged schools and orphanages or anybody that needed assistance i would post on my whatsapp group Uh, there's no obligation to even donate to even come with me on any uh tribes that we do have Uh, i just post it out on the one of the initiatives might just be so close to your heart that you would feel, you know what, I think I can do something here to make a difference and uh, that's what I usually encourage others to do as well.
0: Fantastic and the initiatives doctor, are they based in in, in Johannesburg, or certain areas?
1: So most of them are in Houting but I have um, actually all the provinces when they do have things they'd like me to come on board with they do send me messages and the uh initiatives that are taking place and i do pass the word around because you never know who can reach out to these organizations and individuals and assist them inshallah inshallah it's wonderful
0: alhamdulillah uh, in, the, in this line of work, uh, if you had to give someone advice who's starting out a philanthropic project, and as you mentioned, it need not be only um, monetary, but if you had to give advice to someone starting off, you, you yourself are active in this field, your parents have been so active in this, so you've had these wonderful examples to be inspired by and to learn from, what advice would you give to someone starting out in philanthropy?
1: So the first thing that I would tell you is that don't ever do anything for name or fame or personal gain because whatever you're doing is solely for the pleasure of Allah. So even if you don't get a thank you or if people don't recognize what you're doing, it's fine. At the end of the day, you're doing it, like I said, for your creator and uh, also to bring back smiles to other people's lives. Also, what I would suggest is um, it has to be something close to your heart and something that's going to be ongoing. Um, You have to uh, always be there for others, even though sometimes you might be feeling you're giving off too much of yourself. It's never too much. Uh, Like I said, there's so much to do. And uh, doing philanthropy, you can never do it by yourself. Uh, You can start it off, but you need everybody's help, and teamwork is always dream work. So um, always be authentic as well in what you do. Never try and emulate somebody else, and uh, you are the best role model you could ever be for yourself. So whatever you're gonna give back to your community, always think that uh, what your children see, what your parents see, uh, you should be the greatest role model for everybody else.
0: Wow, absolutely! That that is just so inspirational. Yeah. Talking about philanthropy, you've shared with us some of the highlights. Uh, but when it comes to challenges, what are some of the challenges you may have encountered that you would advise others to be mindful of?
1: Uh, So the first challenge always is uh, financial, and um, even if you can't assist financially, like I said, just uh, passing the word around to others really is so impactful and Allah has blessed so many people with wealth and you might have not been having the wealth but just by passing the word around already you can overcome that challenge because like i said you can never do it yourself and uh always be transparent in what you do so when you are starting philanthropy the first thing is always try and, uh register as an npo ngo so that people know where their monies are going um like sometimes as i said people uh, wonder why do you put out pictures on social media but unfortunately nowadays people want to see where the money has gone what have you did with the money and um also that for me at least i know uh, I don't have anything to hide. Tomorrow, somebody can come, and they welcome to see our uh, exactly where their funds have been utilized. Because you want it to go into the right hands, you want it to reach the right people, and it's an amount, it's a trust that you actually have on your hands, and you need to look after that. So uh, it is a big responsibility. Um, But like I said, as long as you know you're doing it solely for the pleasure of Allah, And you always have that fear that Allah is watching over you, whatever you do. And there will always be Baraka, and uh, everything will really go so smoothly. And uh, you actually never, ever know. Your doors just open up when you least expect it. Like, uh, once there was a sports day for an orphanage, and uh, they contacted me and said, you know what, they don't have any funds uh, to run this initiative it was for boys and girls and they don't even know where to start uh i just put out a post on social media and you won't believe from nowhere i didn't even know this person from anywhere and they sponsored the entire event so as i said when your intentions are clear uh don't ever worry about what people have to say about what you're doing. And uh, as long as you know your purpose and your goal, and uh, you have achieved in your heart what you think was the ultimate goal that you were trying to achieve, and nobody can stop you from doing that.
0: Hmm. SubhanAllah, beautiful words from someone who is in this field, MashaAllah. Doctor, let's talk long-term sustainability. Many of us want to start off in this path and the issue that comes up is being sustainable and and, and, and having that level of consistency. How do you view the importance of long-term sustainability in the projects
1: that you are supporting? So the projects that I support, um, it's a tough one to actually sustain it, but like I said, you can never do it on your own, and it's best to join an organization if you feel, you know what, I don't think long term I'll be able to, because you don't want to adopt a project, and today you're doing it, and then it's forgotten about, you know? Um, so if you feel on your personal capacity you're not going to be able to carry through with this, join an organization that is reputable and uh, that has been doing it for a while, that has um, over the years learned how to do it and come on board, assist them. Inshallah, you will also get the same reward uh, that they are. And if you're going to do it yourself, you would need a team to do it with you. You're not going to be able to just do it on your own. Mm.
0: So it's it's that teamwork that you say that we need to be yeah. part of. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Yeah. Um, in terms of impact, you know, you mentioned, um, you know, you you're doing this work for the pleasure of Allah and seeing those smiles um, on people's faces. What kind of impact? do you hope to achieve through
1: your philanthropy? For me, um, I feel even if I just make a difference in one person's life, that has fulfilled and has been the ultimate that I have achieved. And an example of that is uh so, as you know, with the Palestinian crisis that's going on at the moment, children women are really, really close to my heart. It actually brings me to tears because I visit schools weekly. I get invited around the country to see these children, and they are so innocent and um when it was the Chechenian war, my parents actually had five of the Chechenian children that we uh, temporarily adopted. So I'm telling you about impact. Uh, At that point, we didn't realize what an impact it would have. So when these kids came into our homes at that time, they were killing uh, the men mainly in the Chechenian war and all of the fathers were martyred. So when they were in our homes, uh, we took them to school, we took them to Madresa, they didn't know a word of English, and uh, unfortunately like a year later they had to part. So this was like about 20 years ago, and we lost, uh, completely We lost contact with all of them. And Shukar, with the power of social media, about three to four years ago, they actually they actually were searching for us on social media and they found me on Instagram. and they started yeah so they actually started communicating with me and I can't tell you I was in tears because I thought like we like lost them completely and in fact last night my mommy was just showing me she was packing the cupboard and she found a letter from one of them when they were returned home and it was the uh, one of their moms I was actually post that letter to you where from the refugee camp she wrote a letter to say they are so grateful for the opportunity they had and um, just sending them to school and madresa has impacted so much on their lives and three years ago when they did contact me they said they've turned out to be individuals that have so much of confidence even though they went through so much in their life and lost so much, but uh, just ho- housing these kids and giving them an opportunity at life changed their lives forever. And now they are individuals that have uh, got families, that have um, actually studied and have found jobs. And it was like just so, Amazing to hear from them, and it's like just bringing back all the memories. And when I oh. see the genocide that is unfolding at the moment, um, it's just like I said, so touching. And I just wish mm-hmm. that I could have these children and make a difference in their lives. Oh, wow. Allahu Akbar. It gives us so much of hope hearing this story
0: because uh, at a time when many people are, you know, feel helpless and hopeless, um, it, your your story tells us that you know every small bit helps. Inshallah, uh, you know, Dr. Fahima, all well, the amazing work that you do, you've got your dental practice that you're running, and I'm sure you've been asked this question many times. How do you balance it all?
1: <laughs> that's a question that i every day somebody would ask me that but um i think the most important is to find a balance i do have a full-time career which is really taxing for me and uh, i have three kids as well they're in school and then all my philanthropy projects and like i said i also launched the we care for auto health campaign in africa where I get invited across the country weekly. So for me, Shukar Alam Jirilah, Allah has really blessed me with a lot of time and patience. And my most productive time is from Teherjit Salah. And honestly, I don't sleep after that. So from Teherjit till about 7 a.m. is when I get most of my work done. And uh, there's so much of percut for the day after that. And um, yeah, I just have to say, shukar alhamdulillah to Allah for giving me that time and also to my parents for the support structure that they've offered me because they also know how hectic my life is. And without the support of my parents and my husband and kids, I don't think I would manage to do what I do.
0: MashaAllah. So again, teamwork, team support as well. As you mentioned, that gym that's there, and I want to pull up on that one, and that is the tahajjud. Uh, and, you know, often on the program, listeners, we're talking about the importance of tahajjud, reading your tahajjud, making it a habit, and not waiting for Ramadan. But these are, this is an example of how you have that barakah in your day. And that, that is amazing, MashaAllah, knowing that your day starts in that way, then Allah puts that time. If you make time for Allah, He makes time for you to help others as well, mashallah. So that is Thank just so much of a Definitely. Yeah, so uh, what, what motivates? Fahima, every day what is it that you wake up for every day what is you you motivate so many people through the work you do whether it's through your dental practitioner work whether it's and your patients whether it's through your philanthropy or the oral care healthcare campaign that you're running across the continent what is it that motivates you every day to get up and go to 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 do what you do as a mom as a wife as a philanthropist a dentist
1: hmm. I think what motivates me is just having that satisfaction of bringing a smile to someone's life. And that's why with my profession and the philanthropy that I do, I've integrated the two. So in my dental surgery, just seeing somebody that walks into my room with no confidence, feeling so down and sad and walking out as a different person and having a smile on their face, it just brings so much of joy to me. And on the philanthropy aspect, on the other hand, just going out to these schools or orphanages or any underprivileged area, and uh, just seeing the children smiling and hugging, and they don't want me to leave when I go. And unfortunately, I have such a limited time with them. And then also, whenever I go anywhere, somebody would run up, Dr. Fema, we see you, and we love what you do, we love your stories and your posts, and like you don't realize people are actually watching you all the time and uh i think it just brings so much of fulfillment and satisfaction and i just feel that i'm not even doing so much and may allah grant me the strength and the ability to do so much more inshallah for everybody and make a difference to people's lives
0: Amin Ya Rabbi. Amin, masha'Allah. That is that is amazing. And listeners, you can go to Dr. Fahima's Instagram page. There's the link for the um crowdfunding with Islamic dot you can click on there and you can contribute to this project of Doctor Fahima's for um the Gaza project as well, inshaAllah. It has been so inspiring hearing from you so humbling and just fills me with so much of hope that alhamdulillah in spite of everything that's happening we have people in our midst like yourself who are making a difference to people's lives in so many different ways and for those of us that think well you know how can i make a difference i'm just one person Uh, your story is, is is testament to that as well as um you know the results of, of of the amazing parenting and the role modeling of your parents all of it
1: and i that yeah. um people should never ever lose hope and uh, remember that allah is always there for you no matter what so don't depend on people don't depend on anybody for anything at the end of the day it's your dua your salah and your creator that will always be there for you through your difficult times through your good times and um, just the last example that really inspired me throughout my life was my mom um she uh being the only child no siblings and losing her dad at the age of six and losing her mother at the age of nine Uh, For me, that had always inspired and motivated me that being an orphan at such a young age of nine years old and still having um, the courage and the perseverance to go so far in life and having kids and uh, just changing our lives really has impacted me uh, a lot.
0: SubhanAllah, that's beautiful. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, reward them, reward your mom. Uh, raise her ranks in this dunya and raise her ranks in the akhirah as well. And mashallah, all the work that you do, all the du'as that you get, that, all that barakah for your parents as well, mashallah. That is that is amazing. What, what a wonderful example your mom is to us mums to see You know how if we parent in a way that is with love and with care, that we can raise individuals like yourself who are making a difference to people's lives on so many different levels, um, even just being a Muslim and how that impacts so many of the people that you reach when you go out there as a mom, as a wife, mashallah, it's it's wonderful. And we're so grateful to have had the chance to speak to you. We would love to speak to you in the future about the oral health campaign as well. I think that we need to definitely highlight to our listeners, get them on board in supporting that and for us to highlight this work that you are doing. It's no wonder that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala blessed you with these wonderful uh, accolades The the Global Icon 2022 Woman of Wonder 2018 and 2022 Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Continue to take good work from you Bless you with health and strength And all the support To continue this beautiful These beautiful projects that you are in Dr. Fahima
1: I mean shazakallah for the beautiful Dua and may Allah bless you Tenfold more inshallah And uh, Hope to speak to you again too <تصفيق> <تصفيق> السلام عليكم
0: ورحمة الله وبركاته وعليكم السلام Today on the program, we're speaking to Dr. Fahima Ismail. Dr. Fahima is a philanthropist, a doctor, and a businesswoman. She has the We Care for Oral Health campaign, and she has been the recipient of numerous awards, including Top 50 Inspiring Global Icon in 2022, and Woman of Wonder in 2018 and 2022. You can find out more on social media, Instagram or TikTok on Dr. Fahima's projects and her philanthropy work. You can search the name of handle Dr. Fahima, D-R-F-A-H-E-E-M-A, Ismail, I-S-M-A-I-L, all one word, and you can follow her and learn more about her work. If you miss that or anything else and you'd like to get in touch with her for her projects, you always contact our women's desk, speak to our producer, Mumtaz, and she'll share with you those details. We go for an ad break. We come back after this and continue with our Sira Focus. Stay with us. Alhamdulillah. Before the break, we're speaking to philanthropist, doctor, and businesswoman, Dr. Fahima Isma, more about philanthropy and the amazing work that she's been doing to reach out to communities and to reach out to individuals. And we pray and trust that it's been inspiring to you as well in your line of work or in your aims that you have, your goals that you have for 2022 2024, rather, and how you intend uh, serving others around you, alhamdulillah. And really, we have no excuse. She's an example of someone who is a daughter, wife, mother, runs her own dental practice, and at the same time is giving back to society and giving back to community. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow us to also do that and allow us to also give back, inshallah, for the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Our focus now turns to our Qur'an, and today, inshallah, we're going to look at a topic that is so important to all of us. And we find that as we get closer, um, you know, towards the end of times and living in the midst of what's happening all over the world, the Islamophobia, the racism, uh, that there can be a lot of fear for us, young and old. But our message today is to not let fear eat our faith, but to rather let the fear feed our faith. A few weeks ago someone told me a story about a relative of hers who does not practice islam i had previously assumed that this relative had always been non-practicing but i was very surprised to find out that at one point this person was very regular in their salah and frequented the masjid often so i asked her when he started to change she mentioned that after 9 11 the fear of islamophobes made him excessively worried and fearful for his only child he stopped attending the masjid and things went downhill after that I was thinking of a story while reading an ayah of the Quran Surah 3 ayah 173 that reflects on the and reflecting on the current situation in Gaza and the rise of Islamophobia in the West again while we are not facing anything even remotely close to those in Gaza Muslims living in lands where Islamophobia is present have to be mindful of not letting fear eat away at our faith. Be practical and practice necessary precautions, but don't let anything or anyone stop you from practicing your deen. Be brave and always remember that Allah alone is sufficient as an aid for us and He is the best protector so reflect on this part of the ayah and if worry or fear begins to enter your heart continue to repeat the words at the end of this ayah part of ayah 173 in surah 3 is hasbunallah <laughs> wa ni'mal wakil hasbunallah wa ni'mal wakil so reflect on this part of the ayah and in reflecting on it may be a means of us gaining nearness to allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and may be a means for us to strengthen and inspire our hearts with plenty of faith inshallah take a deep dive into learning about the meanings of these words by reading tafaseer listening to lectures reflecting or reading on reflections and repeating these words hasbunallahu wa al Waqeel over and over again until it becomes etched into your heart so my question to you is how do you feel when you say hasbunallahu wa al wakeel and have you been repeating it frequently during your difficult times this these words this phrase is part of ayah 173 where we read, those who were warned, your enemies have mobilized their forces against you, so fear them. The warning only made them grow stronger in faith. And they replied, hasbunallah wa ni'mal wakeel, Allah alone is sufficient as an aid for us, and he is the best protector. Surah three, ayah 173. And as we prepare to conclude with today's program, some reminders for you and I with what is happening in Gaza, that many of us may feel helpless if we watch and look back at the aftermath of what has happened since October 7th of last year. So when we are feeling helpless with the plight of the Ummah in Gaza, Syria, Afghanistan, Iraq, Yemen, India, the Uyghur Muslims in China, Myanmar, and all over the world where our ummah is in pain and is hurting, is bleeding, is wounded, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. What is so important for you and I to do is to remain steadfast on certain actions and certain intentions such that it will be a means of comforting our hearts Rectifying our own selves and inshallah a means for the relief of the ummah as a whole. Here are some things that you and I can do if we are feeling helpless with the plight of the ummah. Number one, boycott the lifestyle of the disbelievers. Why is it that we run after, we race after, we chase the lifestyle of the disbelievers? when we know that there is Barakah in the Sunnah lifestyle only. The second is, we should be very careful about attending mixed gatherings and checking to see how attached am I, how attached is my heart to the dunya. The third thing, that we equip ourselves with knowledge and strategy of war, of jihad, and jihad is on many different levels. There is jihad that we need to strive with our eyes, with our resources, etc. That we skill ourselves and we train our youth who are strong not only physically, mentally, but very importantly, spiritually. How often we keep hearing about the mujahideen in Palestine and how it is not just military strategy that they have and know, but that they are all shuffahs of the Qur'an, that they rise for tahajjud salah every single day, that they fast Mondays and Thursdays. So these are the three qualities of the mujahideen of Palestine. They fast Mondays and Thursdays. They pray tahajjud salah, and they have or are currently actively memorizing the Qur'an. May Allah grant us the ability to memorize and apply the Qur'an. May Allah grant us the ability to fast Mondays and Thursdays. And if we have qaba fast, to pay back those fasts. And thirdly, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us of those who rise for tahajjud salah every day. Ameen ya Al Alameen the next thing that's important for us to do is for us in our homes to read the seerah of Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam often and to learn about the conquests the khazawat, the expeditions under the Sahaba radiyallahu anhum ajma'in. that we make active effort on a regular daily basis to stay away from sins identifying the major and minor sins that are in our lives That we adopt taqwa, we embrace taqwa, where we are conscious of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala watching us, hearing us, seeing us. That we remind ourselves of this at all times. That we boycott all of these Zionist products, whether it is food, drink, entertainment, etc. That we use media, because that is an amanah. We use it to spread the truth. And that our lives revolve around salah. And not the other way around where we just, you know, find time and rush to pray salah before the time is over. But that rather our lives revolve around the salah. That what will I do before dhuhr? And between dhuhr and asr, what do I need to complete? And between asr and maghrib, what needs to be done? So that our days are based around our salah. That first my salah comes. And then what else comes in between there? The next is for us to actively be involved on a daily basis in understanding the Qur'an, whether that be through private lessons, attending classes at the masjid or your community Islamic community center, through lectures online, through courses, through listening to our programs on Radio Islam that focus on on Qur'an. But to understand the Qur'an, and to implement it. To implement the sunnah in our lives, take a deep look into your life. Where am I neglecting the sunnah principles? Giving out a daily sadaqah for the mujahideen and the oppressed. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala open the way for us to gain martyrdom in his path. May Allah be pleased with us. Ameen ya Rabbil Alameen. That brings us to the close of this week's edition of the program. Do join us next week, inshallah, for another edition of Living the Legacy. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.